The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, preached on June 12, 2011, for the Festival of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, based on Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit ignites our hearts is from the psalm for today, Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12. And even though the NIV translation here, even though the wording is a little bit different, no doubt you will recognize these words from our liturgy. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The Holy Spirit is our janitor. That just doesn't quite have the same ring, does it, as the Lord is my shepherd. It might even strike us as a a bit disrespectful. But then remember, shepherding wasn't always that prestigious, and yet we still call Jesus our good shepherd. He calls himself that. The Holy Spirit is our janitor. Yes, that phrase could be misused, but let's think about how the two are alike. A janitor cleans up other people's messes. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He certainly doesn't make any mess himself. He is the Holy God. But he cleans up that sinful mess of your heart and mine. And what a mess it is. And if you think about it, even the English words for their different work sound similar. A janitor's work is sanitation. The Holy Spirit's work, sanctification. Furthermore, think about how the janitor's work is often taken for granted. And the great work of the Holy Spirit is often dismissed by people as they run after other things that look more flashy or powerful in the eyes of the world. Even as we think about those events of that day of Pentecost, we can even focus on the lesser works of the Spirit that day rather than his great work. We see the flames of fire on top of the disciples' head. We hear the rushing sound of wind, yet no breeze is in the air. And wow, look at the disciples speaking in those different languages they have not learned. And yet, even though those are works of the Spirit, they are simply outward signs that he used to point to the great work he was doing that day. And what was that great vital work? It was the 3,000 miracles he worked in the individual hearts. As Peter preached the sermon that day, pointing the people to Jesus who was crucified but raised from the dead, as Peter preached those words, the Holy Spirit was powerfully at work in the hearts of the hearers, convicting them of their sin and creating faith in Jesus and his righteousness. 
That's how the Holy Spirit cleans hearts. Now, he has not promised to repeat those outward miraculous signs of that day. He has made no promises that people will speak in tongues or that there will be faith healings or that we'll have earthly success, health, or wealth, all things that the world would applaud. So how do we know that the Holy Spirit is still busy at work today? What outward signs do we see to show that he's busy cleaning hearts? Well, this is what he has promised. That where we hear his true, pure word being preached and taught, and where we see his sacraments properly used, there he is at work. There he is cleaning hearts. For you see, the gospel and word and sacraments are the tools the Holy Spirit uses. Just as a janitor has his tools, so the Holy Spirit uses that gospel to clean hearts. And as he cleans the hearts on our inside, that also shows itself in our outward actions, doesn't it? The fruit that we produce in our lives is the outward evidence of the Holy Spirit's inner working as he cleans our hearts with the gospel in word and sacrament. And so, dear friends, on this day of Pentecost, let's not lose sight of the Holy Spirit's real great work. As we ponder these words from Psalm 51, words that we still repeat in our liturgy, remember this theme. The Holy Spirit cleans your heart. That's his great work in you. The Holy Spirit cleans your hearts. Part one, he cleans our hearts to keep on bringing you the joy of forgiveness. And part two, he cleans your heart to sustain a willing spirit within you. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Those were words of a murderer. Recall the history, the background for Psalm 51. The Lord had made David king over all of Israel and firmly established his throne, yet David's heart wandered. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, while her husband Uriah was away fighting David's wars. She becomes pregnant. David tries to cover up his sin. He invites Uriah back from the front lines to report to him and figures he'll go home to his wife that night and then nine months later figure the child is his own. But Uriah sleeps at the entrance of the, temp uh, of the palace. He does not think it right for him to enjoy the comforts of his own bed while his fellow soldiers are camped in the open field waiting for battle. What a loyal soldier he was. And so David rewards his loyalty by sending Uriah back with orders to the commander, Joab, sealed orders. Joab was to place Uriah in the front line where the fighting was the fiercest and then have the other soldiers withdraw and, you know, if... Uriah happens to be killed, then David can marry Bathsheba and live the lie that nothing bad actually ever happened. But this did not please the Lord. Yet David continued for about a year to put up the appearance that he had done nothing wrong, that everything was right between him and God. He lived that lie. 
And this gives us some reason to pause and think about this. Our natural self looks at what happened here and says, yes, David, David made a mess of his heart. He needed that Holy Spirit to clean things up for him. Look at that mess he made with the adultery and the murder. Yes, my heart may be dirty, but at least it's not that bad. That's our natural self's way of thinking here. But consider for a moment. Consider, what do you think alienated David from God more? Was it the acts of murder or adultery? Or was it the ongoing lies that he lived as he tried to cover it up and pretend everything was right between him and God, that what he had done wasn't all that bad? And maybe to help us think about that, take a bit of news from the celebrity section of the paper recently. Maybe you've heard about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver and their marriage going into separation. Now, what do you think hurt their relationship more? His act of infidelity over 10 years ago or the ongoing lies since then that he told to cover it all up? As soon as we try to justify ourselves before God, by arguing that, that we're not that bad, that yes, my heart's dusty, but it's not all that dirty, we're following that same path of lies and, and cover-up that David did. For our heart is much, much dirtier than simply certain sinful acts, even if they are murder or adultery. Remember what Jesus said about our thoughts? Before God, lust makes us adulterers. And sinful anger makes us accountable to God as murderers. But our sinfulness, our dirtiness doesn't stop there. It goes even deeper than our thoughts. The very nature we inherited from our parents was corrupted through and through. We were dirty to the very core. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, David confesses in verse 5 of this psalm. Do you see how any sin is an attack against God's holiness? That no matter how small we might imagine that sin to be, it is great because it offends the holiness of the one true God. And as soon as we begin to try to excuse our offenses or failures, as soon as we try to downplay our sinfulness, as soon as we try to explain away or lessen our guilt, that we're playing that same game of cover-up that David was playing. We are just driving ourselves farther and farther away from God. Any sin, no matter who it hurts, even if we imagine that it doesn't hurt anyone, any sin is a sin against God. And we deserve whatever judgment He hands down against us. His punishments are right and true. David confesses that in this psalm as well, when he says, Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. If David had died during that time of cover-up, he would have gone to hell. And that's what you and I deserve as well. We deserve to be cast out of the Lord's presence forever. 
We deserve that his Holy Spirit be taken away from us once and for all. That's what David deserved. And that's what our sin has earned us as well. The Lord's great mercy sends his Holy Spirit through his word and sacrament to you and to me, just as he did to David. Remember the rest of the account there? How the Holy Spirit worked in David's heart through the words that the prophet Nathan spoke. Nathan told David the the, the story about a poor man's pet lamb. In fact, it was more than a pet. It shared his food, drank from his cup, slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. And then a, a guest came to the neighboring rich man's house, and instead of taking one of the many sheep from his flock, he butchered the poor man's pet lamb. David was filled with righteous anger, and then, and then the prophet tells David, you are that man, and God's law convicts you and me. You are that man, that woman, that child. You are, and I am that sinner. And David confesses his sin. I have sinned against the Lord, he says. And the prophet tells him, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. What joy of forgiveness those words brought to him. For as the prophet spoke, the Holy Spirit was busy working through those words, cleaning David's heart. And through that gospel of forgiveness, forgiveness found only in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit cleans your heart and mine. What mercy God has shown us in sending his Son to be our Savior to take away the sins of the world. David knew the mercy of the Lord. He knew that the only reason he was not condemned was because of God's mercy and compassion. And he starts the psalm calling on the Lord with, in these words, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And dear friends, as you rely on the Lord's mercy... As you too call out, create in me a clean heart. The Holy Spirit is busy at work in you, washing your heart clean. Bringing you that joy of forgiveness day after day after day. The Holy Spirit works through the gospel in word and sacrament to keep on bringing you the joy of forgiveness. That same joy that David experienced as he knew that his sins were washed away. For God has given his son for you. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes you clean. Yes, remember what the Apostle John wrote. The blood of his son, Jesus Christ, purifies us from all sins. What good news. What good news that washes our hearts clean. Jesus has taken your sins away. And so thorough is this work of the Holy Spirit that when you are washed in the blood of Christ and clothed in His righteousness as you stand before God, the holy, all-seeing God calls you His saints, His holy people. What a janitor the Holy Spirit is, washing our hearts clean. keeping He keeps on bringing to you and to me that joy of forgiveness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. What great work the Holy Spirit does as he washes our hearts clean and keeps on bringing you that joy of forgiveness. But David, David also knows that the Spirit's work does not stop with that joy of forgiveness. As the Holy Spirit cleans our hearts, He is also cleaning our lives. As He cleans our hearts and renews our hearts within us, He does that so that there is a change in our behavior and in our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And this is the the willing spirit that the Holy Spirit creates and sustains in us. And this willing spirit shows itself in our attitude, our words, and our actions. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me, David prays here in the last verse of our text. The Holy Spirit is at work in us. And as he cleans our hearts, why would we want to dirty our lives? Rather, we desire to do what our Lord wants. The joy of salvation shows itself in willing obedience to our Savior. And we see that in David too, as he writes in the words after the text here, We see him expressing what he wants to do in willing obedience to his Lord. We see that willing spirit in David as he talks about how he wants to teach sinners, transgressors, the Lord's ways. How he wants to open his mouth to declare the praises of God. How he wants to offer not only outward sacrifices, but also the sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart. A heart that knows its sin and the power of the and the cleansing power of the holy spirit and just as the holy spirit uses the gospel in word and sacrament to bring that joy of forgiveness so also he uses the same gospel in word and sacrament to sustain that willing spirit in us that spirit that gladly freely serves our lord that gospel is the food that sustains and nourishes that willing spirit. And that's important for us to remember, since so many in our day and age who are, are, call themselves Christian think that once you know the gospel of forgiveness, then you need to move on to other things in order to clean up your life. And so, in the desire, in the attempt to be better Christians, they run after seven laws or 12 steps or a 40-day plan. And yet, the vast number of these sideline the gospel. They do not focus on what Jesus has done for us to save us, to take away our sins. Rather, they focus on what you and I should do. But that does not sustain a willing spirit in us, does it? When you tell someone what they should do and should not do, that creates an unwilling spirit. So even though these plans may have a lot of good advice in them, practical advice, even though they may talk about the Holy Spirit, as soon as they sideline the gospel of Jesus Christ and His sacraments, 
They are sidelining the Holy Spirit. For just as a janitor uses his tools to clean up messes, so the Holy Spirit uses his tools, the gospel in word and sacrament, to clean up not only our hearts, but also our lives, sustaining that willing spirit within us. So, dear friends, on this day of Pentecost, as we remember the work of the Holy Spirit, don't lose focus on that great work of His, that work of cleaning your heart and mine. Through the Gospel, He keeps on bringing to you the joy of forgiveness no matter how great your sin is. And through the Gospel, He sustains a willing spirit within you so that in your behavior and your life you freely serve your Lord who has washed you clean with his blood. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.